0: Hello and welcome, my name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter as well as a personal trainer and I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie. I am your host. And for today's podcast, I wanted to do another Q&A because they're my favorite type of podcast is Q&As. So I put out a call on my Instagram story and I got a handful of really great questions that I am excited to answer. And hopefully if you are listening to this, I either answer your question that you gave me, or this is a question that maybe you thought about before and somebody was willing to ask for you so that you're able to get your answer. So let's get into it. Um, question number one is how do I stay on track when I go to eat out? Now, I didn't get a lot, of, um, a lot of information as for what on track means. Are you trying to stay on track for weight loss? Are you trying to stay on track for uh, muscle gains or anything like that? But I'll just in general answer the question. If you're eating out, you're going out to eat, let's say, and you it's not something that you do very often like for example i don't eat out a ton so generally speaking when i go to eat out at a restaurant or something like that it's usually kind of like a treat and so when you go to eat out it can sometimes be really hard to stay on track especially if it's a place that you don't go very often or if it's your favorite restaurant or something like that my best advice in all reality, is if it's something that you don't do very often and it's kind of like a treat when you go out is enjoy yourself. I'm not saying use it as an excuse to fly off the fucking handle and use it as a launching point for a three-day binge. I just mean go out to eat, eat foods that you really enjoy and that you like, and don't worry about the calorie content or the hitting your perfect protein intake for that particular meal and just enjoy it. And then on your next meal, get back on track. That's really the best advice that I can give. I don't love telling people to try to restrict themselves when it comes to eating out at restaurants and things like that, because that's no fun. It takes the fun out of going out to eat and enjoying this meal with your family and friends and you're sharing. And, you know, maybe it's your friend's birthday, your husband's birthday, maybe it's your anniversary, maybe it's a work party, like whatever it might be it's meant to, food is also meant to be enjoyed. Yes, food gives us fuel. And, you know, there's certain things that we need to think about to live a healthy lifestyle that includes food and everything like that. But also food is meant to be enjoyed. We share together. We have, you know, meals together to celebrate and things like that. Food's a huge part of culture. And it's a real shame if you feel like you are getting this, you know, treat out Treat yourself. Go out and have a meal, and you know you're not going to be able to enjoy the foods that you want because you feel like you have to stick to your diet plan. So, my biggest recommendation is whether your goals are weight loss or muscle gains or whatever, if it's going out to eat as uh, you know something that you're doing to celebrate or just you know a Saturday night date night or whatever, go out and enjoy yourself, and then get back on track your next meal that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope that answers the question. Um, uh, might not be the answer that you want to hear, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like there's certain things that you could do as far as, you know, making sure that you order kind of like more simple meals, for example, some type of protein, like a steak or a salmon or chicken that's not breaded or deep fried and some form of simple vegetable and some form of simple starch like rice or potato. But at the same time, like I said, if you're going out to you know your favorite Indian buffet, who's not going to want to eat all the foods that they love? So that's my recommendation. If you're going out to eat, enjoy it. Get back on track the next day. Don't worry about it. All right. I hope that answers the question. Question number two, this is a really common question and I'm glad that it was asked is what are some good protein sources? So it's a good question in that I want to talk about how to not overthink it. Because a lot of times when I get people asking me about, you know, how do they increase their protein? What are some good protein sources? What are some things that they can do to add more protein into their life? Oftentimes a lot of people are really overthinking it. So I'll tell you some of my favorite ways that I get protein in, but really there's not a lot of wrong ways. My favorite protein sources are really just simple things. I eat eggs pretty much every day. I love Greek yogurt, flavored, unflavored, doesn't matter. I'll use uh non-flavored to, um, make dips and things like that with like a ranch type dip for vegetables. I like the vanilla flavor, Greek yogurt. Oh my gosh. is always so good. Um, cottage cheese is another good one. Of course, if you're lactose intolerant, those get a little bit complicated, but things like eggs, any kind of meat protein really? Yes. There's some sources that have more protein than others. There's some that'll maybe have more fat than others, like in re- meat and things like that. Uh, but really any kind of meat protein. I really like, I like chicken breasts. However, though, a lot of people don't, especially if you don't cook them right and they turn out dry and gross, but chicken thighs are a great alternative. They're a little higher in calorie, not quite as protein dense as a chicken breast, but they're delicious and hard to not over hard to overcook and really like, you know, if you prefer the flavor and stuff like that of a chicken thigh over a chicken breast, they're perfectly great. Um, things like fish really any kind of fish is great. Shellfish, all that kind of stuff. Like don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Think about your traditional protein sources. Some non-meat or animal ones would be like lentils, chickpeas, black beans are great to include in your diet, as well as just adding them to meat dishes. Help. Help. Your meat right now is super expensive, so it can help stretch your budget a little bit longer. If, especially if you're making something like tacos or something like that, throw a can of black beans in there and you got enough now food for a few meals. Um, other protein sources that I really like would be beef jerky is another good one. Uh, really easy, convenient, doesn't have to be refrigerated or anything like that. I high on the salt content. So I mean, if you're sensitive to salt or, you know, have to reduce your salt for whatever reason, maybe not the best option, but it's a good convenient option as well as protein powder is another good option those who feel like they struggle meeting their protein goals and they've tried increasing their protein intake and varying their protein sources and things like that, and are still struggling to meet their goals. There's nothing wrong with a protein shake. So really, truly don't overthink it at the end of the day. Don't overthink it. A lot of people really worry about how to, you know, how do I increase my protein intake? How do I get more protein in? One of the best things that you can do is just take the portion sizes of protein that you're eating and increase them make them bigger. If you're having, you know, only 50 grams or, you know, three ounces or something like that of chicken at your meals, increase it to four, increase it to hundred grams. Like, you know, some people measure things in grams. Some people measure them in ounces. There's no wrong way of doing it. Just, you know, whatever your preference is. But the biggest thing that you can do is just really increase your portion portion sizes. If you're having only one egg at breakfast, have two. There you go. That increase, you know, that doubles your protein intake right there just by adding another egg. Um, and like I said, if you've increased your portion sizes, you've added more protein to your meals and all those things, and you're still not reaching your protein goals, add in a protein shake. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people try to stay away from protein shakes and stuff like that. And I get it. Um, you preferably want to get all of your or most of your protein throughout the day in the form of food traditional food that you eat. But sometimes that's not always doable for every person, so adding in a protein shake help. That's especially what I've been doing over the past little while because I've been slacking on my protein intake is just adding in a protein shake to my day makes it easier. You can even add protein in protein powder into things like oatmeal, into yogurt, uh stuff like that just to help bump up the protein factor and then you don't have to drink the shake. Um but yeah, just don't overthink it. Really, truly don't overthink it too much. Number three, how heavy should I be lifting? So I actually had this very same topic um, asked the other day for me, and I talked about it in my private Facebook group that I have for all of my clients, my online and in-person clients. But it's a great topic, and a lot of people ask this question, so I thought I would definitely talk about it. So how heavy should you be lifting? I will start by saying heavy is a relative term that is different for each individual. What might be heavy to one person might not be heavy to another. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just different people at different points in their journeys, different body size, different muscles, or not different muscles, but like different starting points for their muscles. And there's no wrong answer. However, though, there's a few guidelines that you should think about when it comes to lifting to make sure that you're lifting enough. On average, not every woman, but a lot of women don't lift heavy enough, whether, and there's many different reasons for it, whether that reason is they aren't sure what it means to lift heavy. So they're a little bit worried about lifting too heavy. Some women are worried about building too much muscle. Some people are worried about hurting themselves or they're just not sure. Or they, you know, think stereotypes that they have to lift the little pink dumbbells when really they could be lifting a lot more than that. There's many different reasons, but a lot of women on average, aren't lifting heavy enough. They aren't pushing themselves enough in the gym and realizing their own strength. And I think that is something that if a lot of women knew what they were capable of when it came to their strength, they would be blown away by how strong they actually are. So a little bit of a generalization, but if you're a woman who is lifting weights, there's a chance that you might not be lifting heavy enough. So that being said, how heavy should you be lifting? I'm not going to give you a specific number because like I said, it's relative to each individual for some person, for one person, five pounds might be absolutely nothing for them. You know, five pounds is definitely not enough for anything, but for another person, for a different, for, you know, for a specific movement, five pounds might be heavy enough. So just some general guidelines and things that you want to think about when you're in the gym and when you're working out are when you're lifting, let's talk about when you're beginning. So if you're a beginner, you're just starting out lifting weights. It's good to err on the side of going a little bit lighter and practicing your form and making sure that you're comfortable with the form of the movement that you're doing before starting to push the weights. Now I'm not saying don't lift anything. You know, we don't need to be picking up the one pound weights, but say for example, you're starting and you're not sure about doing a shoulder press and overhead shoulder press, and you're looking at the eight pounds and you're looking at the twelve pounds. Maybe try the eights just to make sure that your form feels good and stuff like that, and see where you're at, and then you can always go up from there. But for the first four to eight weeks of when you're starting, even four to six weeks, when you're first starting out practicing form and making sure that you're comfortable with the movements and that you are familiar with how the movements work, what your form is supposed to look like, what it's not supposed to look like is important first before we go into trying to really push ourselves with the weights. So if you're a really, really beginner and you have no idea what you're doing in the gym, or you're just fresh starting out lifting weights, no worries. It's good to err on the side of going a little bit light, just to be sure that you are comfortable with what you're doing in the gym before you start pushing it heavy. Now, when you are Going through your journey, you'll get more comfortable with pushing yourself more and more as you go along and you're comfortable with your form and what your body is capable of. So, when you're kind of past that beginner point and you're not really sure how heavy you should be lifting, you want to be lifting enough weight that number one, by the time you're done your set of whatever it might be, set of 10, set of 8, set of 12, whenever you're done that one set, you are ready for a break. And you're ready for that set to be done so that you can have a break. And what I mean by break or a rest period is you are lifting heavy enough that by the time you're done that set, you need at least a good minute or even a little bit longer than a minute before you're ready to start again. If you feel like, okay, I'm ready to go back into my next set at 30 seconds, you're probably not lifting heavy enough. And you're not pushing your muscles enough by only needing 30 second rest. You want to be lifting heavy enough that by the time you're done your set, you're like, holy crap, I need a minute, literally a minute, maybe longer, to make sure that you're ready for your next set. If you're ready after 30 seconds, you're not lifting heavy enough. That's a good indication to bump up the weights. So if you can do three sets of 10 of a shoulder press with eight pounds or something like that. And you're only taking 30 second rests in between each set before you're ready to go again for another set of 10, that's it. You need to go up. You definitely need to go up and weight, especially if, uh, your goal is to want to build strength and build muscle mass. You need to push and stimulate those muscles enough so that they will need to adapt and grow. If you're not pushing and stimulating those muscles enough in the gym, you're not going to see any growth or changes. So making sure when you're done that set, holy crap, I'm tired. I need a rest the next indication is when you're doing that same set of 10 reps, 12 reps, whatever it might be, the last few reps of that set should be difficult. And what I mean by difficult is you are able to get them done with proper form, but you feel like you're struggling to get them in, or you might need to like catch your breath for a sec before pushing your ninth or 10th rep. So when I'm doing my set, I'm usually feeling pretty good through reps one through three, five to six start getting harder. And then that kind of seven is getting a little bit harder. And then eight, nine, ten are quite difficult. And by the time I'm done that 10, I am ready for a rest. My muscles are tired. I have to put the weights down and rest. If I don't feel like that at the end of my set, that's an indication that I can go up. Now, along with this, I'm going to tie in another question just because I know that it'll come up is how do, how do I know I need to increase the weights? Well, those exact things. So if you're lifting 10 pounds with eight reps and you're able to do three sets relatively easy, or you're feeling like, okay, Those last few reps aren't really all that difficult anymore. I can even push it to 12 reps. I'm doing 12 reps with eight pounds for three sets. And I'm finding that I'm not that tired by the end of it. I can take shorter rests. It's a good indication to bump it up. Now, how much you bump it up depends on the body group, depending on yourself and where you're at. If you're doing something like a lower body Deadlift or squat or something like that, generally speaking, you can probably bump it up five to 10 pounds, whatever that weight is, maybe going from 20 to 25 pounds or 20 to 30 pounds, depending on the exercise. If you are doing something with your upper body with smaller muscle groups, say for example, like a shoulder press or a chest press, you might only be able to go up two pounds to five pounds. So if you're doing eight pounds, maybe you go up to 10 pounds, maybe 12 pounds, but don't be afraid to kind of just go to 10 pounds and then go to 12 pounds. If you feel like you need to, there's nothing wrong with that either. Then I'll tie in another question that will come up with it is okay. What happens if I increase the weight to 10 pounds or whatever, but I can't do that full set of 10 to 12 reps. That's okay. You can drop it down for eight to 10 reps. Then you're going to work your way up. In a couple weeks, maybe you'll be able to do 10 reps. Maybe a few weeks after that, you'll be able to do 12 reps. And then you're going to increase the weight again. You're going to increase from 10 pounds to 12 pounds. You might have to drop back down to eight reps and then work your way back up to 12 reps. That's okay. That's actually like how you want to progress throughout your weights and as you go along. And you will find one other thing I want to note is when you first start out lifting weights and you're kind of new to it, you're going to get what's called newbie gains where you're going to be increasing your weights for your workouts and your exercises quite quickly. You're going to find that you're going to be shooting up through, you're going to be getting stronger. It feels like almost every week you can bump up the weights. And then after a while, that's going to slow down where it might take a few weeks for you to be able to bump up the weights. And then as you go along, it might even take longer for you to be able to bump up the weights. And a lot of people get frustrated with that, but it's actually a good thing. That means that you're getting more advanced as you go along. So the more advanced you are as a lifter, actually the slower it's going to feel like your progress is, as you're bumping through the weights. And that's just because you're more advanced. It takes a lot more stimulus for those muscles to want to adapt and change. And that's okay. It's a part of how it is. And it's not a bad thing at all. It just means you got a lot of experience under your belt and your body is a little bit slower to adapt than when you first started. That's okay. It's a good thing. I promise you it's a good thing. I have some clients where they've been lifting for a couple of years now and they're like, Oh my God. I remember when I first started, I was like plowing through the weights increasing every week. And now I'm like dying to increase my bench press, you know, five to 10 pounds. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. You've been lifting for a few years now. That's how it goes. So don't worry. Don't panic. Um, yeah, that was a long tangent, but I hope that you got some good information out of there. Next question is a really good one. The, what is the amount of fat, protein, or carbs to be eating for maintenance, uh, maintaining muscle with fat loss. So the amount of fat, protein, and carbs to be eating to maintain muscle, but also have fat loss. Yeah. So with this question, really great question. Um, so how to, or the amount of protein, fat, and carbs to be eating to maintain muscle mass, but also have fat loss. So if you're wanting to let's say, I'm assuming this person is talking about just wanting to go into a little bit of a cut, but wants to maintain most of their muscle mass when it comes to fat loss of any kind. Say you just want to cut down a little bit or something like that. What matters is overall your caloric intake. So your fat protein and carbs, of course, all add up They're What your calories are made out of for me personally, I really just like to track my calories and my protein. There's nothing wrong with wanting to track all three macros, your fat, protein, and carbs. It just, my personal preference is just to do calories and protein. The reason why is number one, calories, when it comes to fat loss of any kind are king. So to lose weight or fat or whatever, you need to be in a calorie deficit. And then when we're looking at muscle gains or muscle maintenance or anything like that, important to keep your protein intake up. So, Calories is just to be in a slight calorie deficit. If your goal is just mainly wanting to do a little bit of fat loss, but you want to maintain your muscle mass, you want to make sure you're in more of a slight calorie deficit. You don't need to be in a severe calorie deficit because when we get into our more bigger calorie deficits, like you're cutting down 500 calories a day or something like that, you're going to be losing muscle mass along with that. So you want to make sure you're in more of a slight calorie deficit and give yourself time. Okay, it's going to be, yeah, a slower cut than maybe you want it to be. But don't give yourself a short timeline of wanting to lose like five pounds of fat in, you know, a couple of weeks or even a month, because that would mean that you would have to go into a little bit more of a severe calorie deficit, which means you could be sacrificing your gains with that. So going into more of a slight calorie deficit, even just two to 300 calories a day below your maintenance is perfect. And then, um, making sure that your protein intake is up now, protein intake, anywhere's between that 0.8 to one gram per pound of lean body weight is perfect. So if you are around 150 pounds, let's say wanting to eat anywhere from 130 to 150 grams of protein a day, if you're really wanting to maintain your muscle mass or at a cut, I would eat more towards that one gram per pound a day. Um, but 0.8 to one gram is where you want to be. And yeah, I'm not a big expert when it comes to carbohydrates and fats, but I know you want to have your carbohydrates at around 45% of your daily calories and fats around 20 to 30%. Each person's a little bit different. So does it really truly matter when it comes to weight loss, where your carbs and fats are? No, not really. It doesn't. Like I said, protein and calories are kind of king when it comes to maintaining or gaining muscle mass and wanting to lose fat. Um, and just also making sure that you're keeping up with strength training. So that's kind of my recommendations. I know you asked for specific numbers, um, but really just making sure that you're in a slight calorie deficit and eating your fat and your carbohydrates as you prefer in your diet. Some people prefer to have higher fat in their diet. Some people prefer to have higher carbohydrates, carbohydrates in your diet. Um, there's nothing wrong with either or, just whatever your personal preference is. But the main thing is is just making sure that your protein is in that 0.8 to one gram per pound of lean body weight and that your calories are just in a slight deficit, not a severe one. I hope that helped. Next up, what are your home gym must-haves? So in this day and age with COVID, a lot of people are staying out of gyms or wanting to move out of working out at a gym to working out at home. I completely understand that's the move that we wanted to make for ourselves. Um, and yeah, so I've had lots of questions about like, what kinds of things do I need to get workouts in at home? And I'll definitely answer. There's a lot of nuance to this because it all depends on what your goals are and what you want to do, but I'll just give you kind of a general idea. Really, truly, you don't need a lot to get good workouts in at home. You don't need a lot. Yes, you can do workouts with just body weight. After a certain point though, you're going to want to get some form of resistance in the form of either dumbbells, kettlebells, resistance bands, something like that to amp up your workouts a little bit more. Um, So if I were to recommend somebody who's just starting out working out at home and they don't know what to get, I would say the best thing that you can do is get yourself a set of dumbbells. My favorite is get yourself a pair of like individual or uh interchangeable dumbbells. Th- those ones would be like for example power blocks are fantastic. Uh Bowflex has ones with like the little spinny thing on the sides um or there's knockoffs of that brand because that brand is expensive. Um Other ones, I have the old school ones that my husband, I guess, got when he was like in high school where we, you like put the plates on and then like little twisty things. Uh, those are great though, because I can adjust and change the weights as I need. So some form of dumbbell, preferably interchangeable so that you can adjust the weight. You could get yourself a few different sets, uh, depending on where you're starting at, you could get yourself a pair of eight to 12 pounds, and then maybe like a fifth, pair of 15s and then maybe like one or two single dumbbells that are heavier. Like for example, 20 to 30 pounds for lower body exercises. It's a great place to start, but I, I am a little bit biased towards the interchangeable ones because then you don't have to keep buying dumbbells as you progress. You can just have them right there for you. So as you get stronger, rather than having to buy more pairs, you just have them right there. More expensive, yes, but any client that I've talked to that has put the money into buying the interchangeable dumbbells over time, they love it and because they don't have to keep buying them. So a pair of dumbbells as well as really just a space. So you can get a lot done with a pair of dumbbells and a yoga mat, a lot. And for the first couple of lockdowns that we had here where I live, that was those, that's what I did for my workouts. I had a pair of interchangeable dumbbells and I had a yoga mat and that's what I did for my workouts. And yeah, you can see, especially if you're a beginner, you can see quite a bit of progress. Other things that are nice. I call them nice to haves. If you have them, great. If you don't, not a big deal would be like resistance bands. I really like the ones that, um, they are like multicolored, have all the different, um, weights of resistance and they have handles on the end. They're great. Lots of times they come with like a little hook thing that you can loop through a door or you can just wrap them around like a pole or something like that, that you have at home. Those are also fantastic just to help change things up a little bit and change up your resistance. Um, other things would be a bench. A bench is nice to have, but at the same time, a lot of things that you can do on a bench, you can modify to do on a floor. Other little things would be like, a big Swiss ball, one of those big yoga balls are kind of nice for certain things that you can use them for. I wouldn't really call it a must have. They're a nice to have. And then you get into the people like me, who I eventually got a big gym set up for at home. We got a squat rack. We invested the money into it because we felt when we moved that we were going to move last year. Um, Number one, we got tired of dealing with all the lockdowns because my husband and I were avid gym goers and that was where we worked out was the gym, but we got tired of dealing with all the lockdowns and got frustrated with the gyms constantly closing and things like that, or having restrictions or could only go at certain times. So we just decided not quite a year ago now to just get our own at home setup. So we started off with getting ourselves a barbell with plates. And then eventually we bought ourselves a squat rack when we moved. And for us, it's been huge change. Definitely. Like we have it set up in our garage now and we love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. Is that for everyone? No. I mean, if you are an avid lifter and maybe you lift a lot at the gym, and you're wanting to instead switch to at home, that might be a worthwhile investment. But no, if you're just starting out or you don't have a ton of equipment available to you, do what you can within your budget. Peruse Facebook buy and sell and Kijiji and things like that, or, you know, boxing day sales, new year sales, whatever you can do. Don't feel like you have to spend thousands of dollars just to start exercising at home. A good set of dumbbells is a great place to start. And then as you get more advanced and as you get stronger, you can get more as your budget allows. So don't feel like you have to invest a ton of money into it right off the bat. Last question. Really great question. Are those super greens drinks okay to consume if you have difficulties getting your veggies in? So this is, um, in reference to greens powders that you'll see some people drinking and are they okay to have? So these are heavily, heavily marketed in the supplement industry as like a super health food drink. This, you know, kind of matcha green powder that tastes like grass and you drink it and it's supposed to get you all your vegetables and fruit servings in a day or something like that. I fell into the trap of drinking these previously. Um, however, though, what I will say is they're not terrible, although I don't know if they're all FDA approved and are, you know, 100% approved for whatever they're put in there. But at the same time, you get so much more benefits from just eating vegetables and fruits. So, I, if you are thinking about wanting to try these greens powders as a means of getting in your fruits and vegetables, I would just, I would encourage you to instead focus on getting your vegetables and fruits in during the day through food before you go to some kind of greens powders. Would it kill you to drink the greens powders? Probably not, but it's really just expensive way of getting vegetables and fruits in and not super practical at all. When you can just eat fruits and vegetables. Now I understand in a lot of places, food insecurity does exist. However, though, I, this wouldn't be the way that I would recommend to fill that void. There's canned vegetables. There is, you know, frozen vegetables and fruits and things like that, that I would turn to if fresh is not an option. Gopher, canned, frozen, etc. before we're going for powdered, processed, expensive greens drinks. And if you have a hard time getting your vegetables and fruits in, because that was kind of the follow-up question that this person sent me was, if you have a hard time wanting to eat fruits and vegetables, what I have to say is be an adult. We're all adults. we all have to do things we don't like. Okay. We all got jobs and bills that we got to pay. I got to pay my ridiculously high gas bill to heat my house. I don't want to pay, but at the same time, if I don't pay my gas bill and I can't heat my house, we all have to do things that we don't want to do. So be an adult and eat your vegetables is all that I have to say. Whether those vegetables are fresh, frozen, canned, it's fine, but eat your vegetables. You don't need to drink them through a greens powder. It's one of the biggest gimmicks out there in the supplements industry. Just eat your damn vegetables. Find ways that you can try, that you can eat them. Find ones that you can tolerate and wait, Cook them in ways that you like and just eat your damn vegetables. That's all I got to say. So yeah, I'll keep that one short and sweet. <laughs> So that's all the questions that I had for today. For everybody who sent me in questions through my Facebook uh, stories, I really appreciate it. I feel like these were great questions that a lot of people have and that um, will hopefully help lots of people. If you are liking, what you're listening to on the podcast so far, I would love and appreciate a five star review either on Spotify or on iTunes. Uh, they just reviews, especially written ones. If you have some kind words that you'd like to share, definitely feel free to leave a comment or written review reviews just really help to increase visibility of the podcast so that I can reach more people and help more awesome people just like you. If you don't already, feel free to give me a follow on social media. I'll post my Instagram in the show notes and you can find me from there. From my Instagram, you can find my TikTok, you can find my website and everything like that, Um, but I'll post that in the show notes. If you want to find out some information on my online training options, feel free to head to my website, word.ca, and you can contact me through there and find out little bit more about my training options and how I help my awesome clients. And, and thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate anybody who stops by to listen to my ramblings on this podcast. And otherwise, I hope that you have a great rest of your day and take care, fam.